like that's the other thing. Like you're also eating horrible, terrible space food for months on end. Yeah. It's not going to make anybody feel good. No, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like it's going to feel good, but he's starving. So he just, they get around the, their dinner table and have the worst dinner ever. <laughs> <laughs> and as they're eating and eating, all of a sudden, you know, uh, our dear friend is not feeling so good who just had an alien ripped off his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it made me feel a little sick talking about it right now. Really? I'm, I'm okay. You're okay? Would you like me to describe it? <laughs> Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on foxy yet dodgy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Hi, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Yes. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And this week we are going to be talking about 1979's Alien. Alien. This movie is as old as we are. Yeah. Is that crazy? It's the same year as both of our births. Yeah. There you go. Fun fact. Uh, Fun fact. And it seems, you know, in that way where it seems kind of old, but then it also doesn't seem kind of old. It's future old. It reminds me of like when they fixed Disneyland because Disneyland, they had they had like Tomorrowland set up to look like what they thought tomorrow was going to look like right. 50, 60 years ago. And then they were like, oh, crap, it doesn't look like that. And now we're past those years that we thought we were projecting to. Sure. So they did like the past future that made it look all like Da Vinci or whatever. It feels a little bit like that, mm. like future past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was made for $11 million. Damn. 1979? It made $203 million. What? Yeah. This movie what? did amazing because it's amazing. 203, 1979. That's yeah. crazy. That's like a gajillion dollars. Yeah, a gajillion. Uh, the tagline for this movie, uh, pretty, pretty classic. Mm-hmm. In space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, true. Good. And freaking yes. Uh, yes. So uh, we have uh, some alternate universe casting. Okay. Uh, which I find this comp- this pairing would have been a whole different movie if we imagine the main characters. Okay. As Dallas, which mm-hmm. Tom Carrot Scarrett plays, mm-hmm. uh, we could have had Harrison Ford. Oh, okay. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Ripley, we could have had Meryl Streep. <gasps> it was like down to Sigourney Weaver oh. and Meryl Streep for Ripley. I can't really picture Meryl Streep, Streep like her being a badass, but I'm she kind of into it. She would be very good, I think, actually. It would be a very different movie, but I also think she would, she would kill it. But Sigourney is iconic in this. Yeah. I mean, just... I. It was everything and more. I mean, I'd never seen this movie till this last month. So this yeah. was like, I don't know, an awakening and wonderfulness. I already have loved her from, you know, just life and so many other things that she's done. Uh-huh. I get why everyone's obsessed with her yeah. and like why she would be was a megastar like, sure. from this too. From this because, yeah. yes. Uh, so this is also one of those films where we, we can mourn the lost minutes because uh, this movie is right now 117 minutes. Mm-hmm. Could have had a version that was 192 minutes. <gasps> would have watched yeah, I would, all of it I lovingly. It. If I, and, the, and perhaps some of it has come out on the on these some Blu-rays like and, stuff. Cuts and stuff. I would yeah. watch that because uh, Ridley Scott, this movie is so, is what it is because of him. Because the, mm-hmm. the camera work is astounding and the set design is so beautiful. The production design is on. Un- 
freaking believable. It's I was one of the just most beautiful spaceship films of all time. Blown away. I was blown away. And I'm a big like 2001 like fan and everything too, just looking like thinking cinematography wise. And this also made me feel like just this like very, um, I don't know, visceral reaction seeing those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching it with our producer Adam and his kids actually. And yeah. just like, we were just like, whoa, like all together kind of in awe of of, of just these beautiful scapes. Uh-huh. Um, and then the emotions you have to, as they move through different places, you know, from when they actually find the aliens layer and everything too, to like the actual spaceship and then mother, yeah. the command central, which freaked me out because I was like, oh, Hal, yeah. mother, what is going <laughs> on in here? But that, that room I actually wrote, I think I drew a picture of it in my notes too. Oh. And I was just like, I want to move in here and I want to live in that, like I have a pod yeah. that looks like this. A comfy nook. A comfy nook to play video games basically, I think mm-hmm. is what I would want it for now. But like, yes, very so, cool. So let's talk about this film. So uh, it's got a cool opening title sequence and we go to straight to the Nostromo, which is a commercial towing vehicle on its way back to earth when suddenly everybody is woken up from their uh, pods. Yeah. They're frozen pods and don't know I was freaking why. out about those pods because those, I would be so claustrophobic. That's the only thing I was like, I want to be in a space movie, but I don't think I could be in a sleepy pod on an, one of those. Well, you're going to be out. I mean, you're not going to be like awake in there. It's like, you know, it's like imagining, it's like the whole Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead thing where like you're imagining yourself in a coffin, but then you're imagining yourself yes. in a coffin alive, but you're going to be dead in the box. So that's all right. Uh, you know? What a nice little play there you did. Uh, no. Uh, thanks. Thank you. know. No. I'm cultured. You are cultured. That was <laughs> Shakespearean of you. Um, um, so they, they wake up and they realize that they are, there's been an SOS of unknown origin mm-hmm. that they are going to go check out even though they don't want to. And now they're off course and now they're far away from home and everything is all kind of snafu'd. Yeah. And they're like a ragtag band, which I love a ragtag band in space. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? Um, they look dirty. I feel dirty. like that's one of those questions. Like, <laughs> if you don't love a ragtag band in space, I don't trust you as a person. Okay. We're putting it on the list. We, yes. we're, we're racking up the list now. I think maybe we need to make that for our Patreon people to like know like who we trust. <laughs> yes. Also, um, if you don't, if you like, it's like if you don't like the Princess Bride, I'm like, you're oh, not what's wrong human. with you? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Same here. Ragtag band. They're dirty looking. I love how like a lot of these like outer space movies, people are smoking in space. I'm like, you would never freaking be allowed to smoke in space. Like, what's that about? You're ruining this the CO2 that you have on this, like, <laughs> limited, anyway, whatever they're doing it, filter it. I'm sure, sure it's, it's fine. It's 1979. But it was though, also you know? <laughs> So things just are kind of loosey You can still goosey. smoke indoors, like, yeah. everywhere. On then. airplanes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about airplanes. You could smoke on them. Uh, so they have to go explore this, uh, this, this. They have, like, a little mini ship that comes out from mm-hmm. the big ship. And I was like, just that. Just, like, the watching the ship disengage and land was riveting. I was like, wow. That's amazing. Just look at that go. It's gorgeous. It's and and that holds up because that was mm-hmm. one of those things I was worried. I was like, I don't know. Sometimes you watch stuff from like, you know, bygone era or whatever too, like as far as CG versus CGI these days and seeing like a lot of the practical stuff mixed in with mm-hmm. what they were doing aesthetically and like with the computer. I was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, there's, you know, the, the people who are going down to the planet, we have Kane, who is played by John Hurt, who is young and so hot. Yeah. He's, he's, he's I very into, he's with that intellectual hotness about him. I get that one. For sure. I want to read books with him or something. Oh, we have him read books to you. Oh my God. Uh, we have Dallas, who is played by Tom <laughs> Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Also dreamy, dreamy, young Tom Skerritt. Not, not into it. Oh, I was into it until I saw Poison Ivy, and then I was oh, like, "Oh, yeah. I'm distressed." Yeah, now you're. But gross. before that, I was al- I always thought he was so handsome and just like I think it's like he has you know he's got like the Tom Selleck kind of like mustache of mm-hmm. like 
that early 80s look that I just really I dig. Uh, and Lambert, who is played by Veronica Cartwright, who, who's amazing from she, Witches of Eastwick. We just watched that yeah. not too long ago with our movie night. Oh, crew. yeah. She's so crazy in that. She's wonderful. She goes crazy like no one else. Yeah, I, she, I was like, she, oh, she's on here because she's probably going to go crazy. I was like, <laughs> as soon as I saw her in the beginning of that movie, I was like, yes, <laughs> she's going to have a meltdown probably. Uh, so they're going off. And meanwhile, uh, Ripley, who we meet, is trying to decode this SOS message. So we have mm-hmm. Ash, who is played by Ian Holm who I adore. He's so great in this. And, but right from the beginning, you can tell that everybody kind of like doesn't really trust him. He's There's an, always he's, one person on the ship that no one can trust. Well, this is like the new guy. Mm-hmm. Like they just brought him in and like they don't know why he's with them and he seems kind of weird. He doesn't get along with anybody. Yeah. And he doesn't want Ripley to try to decode this message. But of course she does. And by the time she figures out it's a warning, it's too late. They're already kind of there. They're in transit. So like, okay, well, I guess we're going in this uh, on this crashed spaceship on this alien planet where you have I, watching John Hurt, like you're rappelling down the side of this cavern to get down to an alien lair and you're in a spacesuit when you have like limited visibility. That's not like the scariest thing ever. Like I could, I don't think I would have the courage to do that. They're literally going where no one has ever gone before. Mm-hmm. They are tasked with this mission to explore outer space. And so when you're an explorer, this is literally what you're waiting and living for, yeah, right? That's true. So this Adventure. is what you came out here for. This is what you came to see. So they have found it. But the problem is that they found a thing, but it's probably not what they wanted to ever see no. because the inside of this alien spaceship thing looks like vertebrae. It looks like they're going into body cavities Mm -hmm. is what this space station or ship looks like. There are these weird honeycomb type of looking like pod things that have eggs in them that John Hurts discovers. And I'm also worried at this point because I feel like in these types of sci-fi kind of horror things, there's always some Venus flytrap weird thing that's going to come get you. And so as soon as he's peeking down, my eyes... Like I, I just didn't want to look because okay. I knew, I knew <laughs> this is where it's probably going to start going bad. Right. And it did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it starts going bad. And then you have uh, this amazing scene where they're trying to get back on board the Nostromo and Ripley's like, you can't come on board. Like they say, you know, Kane, something happened to Kane. And she said, you have to She's be quarantined. She's following protocols. Yeah, yeah, you need to be quarantined. Because you're is... going to spread it to the whole ship and mm-hmm. then everybody will get whatever he has. So, And she says no repeatedly, even though Dallas, who is technically her superior, says the order. Mm-hmm. She says, nope, not going to do it. But sneaky Ash goes ahead, opens that door. He opens the hatch and lets him back in. Not a good idea. So he's got this thing like just. <laughs> Come on. Let's hear it. Let's hear the description. Uh, it's like an octopus, uh-huh. but not, but evil like an evil, an evil bony. octopus, bony with bones poking out of it. Yeah. Okay. Basically you got a creepy alien hand thing. Looks like covering his face and he, he can't do anything. He's basically unconscious and, and out and he's stuck. So you want to try to peel this thing off his head. They're trying, as they try to peel it off. Nope. Does not go well, uh, no, because they tie Titans around his neck. So now they realize like, oh, we can't get it off because it'll kill him if we pull and let's try to cut it off. And then they realize that the blood is acid. It's acid and it cuts through. This is a great sequence. And it just this acid that leaks from this creepy creature thing on his face drips down onto the floor, 
cuts down through that floor. Then you get a shot of it going down through the next layer of floor, then the next layer, and then the next layer. It just keeps on going. Ultimately, it does not breach the actual, give it a hole in the right. ship, but it was very, very close. But, uh, you know, and Ash, who is very kind of detached and very, seems quite emotionless through the whole thing, just, you know, kind of says, but it's just a wonderful defense mechanism because you don't dare to kill it because you're going to get acid everywhere. He is definitely impressed by this alien yes. thing. Yes, you can you tell can in see, his eyes. Yeah, he's got the glint in his eye, like, ooh, we have found the thing. This is my Nobel Prize or whatever. You know, like, he, he found the thing that he that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they, uh, what, what do we have next? We have Ash shutting a, so she, Ash is looking at some of the cells in the computer and Ripley comes in and he shuts it off. Doesn't want her to see what he's looking at. He's being yeah, very secretive. He's being very secretive as he's testing and looking at things. And so, yeah, no. And, and Ripley is like, Hey man, uh, you disobeyed my order. Like I'm captain when nobody else is here. And why would you do that? You broke chain of command. And why would you do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to get out of it. And in a very, he just is kind of, he is kind of an He's inferior. a weasel. Yeah, he is a weasel. He's a super weasel. And it's really upsetting because I just was like, why did they listen to her? Like she knew what was right. Right. You're not supposed to breach that. Even if he, even if they were able to contain it. Oh, anyway. But then, you know, because, and Ripley talks to Dallas about it and says, I don't trust him. And Dallas mm-hmm. says, I don't trust anybody. I'm like, okay, interesting. So that's how the ship dynamic is working because they, you know, we do have scenes of them all kind of together talking Mm -hmm. and, but there does seem to be a tension that they don't really address. And I think that this is kind of. Well, when you're trapped in outer space with a small group of people. That's sad though that you wouldn't trust any of them. But I think that's also just part of like, like, I don't know, that cabin fever situation that can happen when you're in a tight quarters with people. I mean, you're all there for work. It's not like you're there to be friends and hang out. Yeah. You all have jobs to do. Um, and some jobs are easier than others, I'm sure, as you're getting further out there. Right. No one's where they want to be right now because they were off course from where they thought they were going to be. Sure. Then weren't they supposed to go on vacation or something? And then like they weren't able to go because now they're on this extra mission. Right. And so they- people are already tired, yes. needing a break. So you've got people already at the, as you start the film on edge. Right. Now you got a creepy alien thing on a dude's face yeah. that they cannot release from his face. Yeah. So he's, you know, you've got an unconscious person um, and we don't know how to take care of it or get rid of it or help the guy. Sure. So there's nothing medically that can be done. So tensions are freaking high. And then we have Ash radioing everybody saying, hey, I might want to come in. There's been a change in in Kane's condition. Mm -hmm. And there he is, awake and miraculously unharmed. He looks a little beat up. But, looking great, and he's ready to go have some dinner with everybody, yeah. which I'm just like, really? Yeah, he's like, all right, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. And I'm like, starving, like starving. And so, of course, they're looking for the thing. Where did the thing go? Mm-hmm. And it was hanging like on a thing above him somehow, but they go to eat, which looks like terrible space food. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you're also <laughs> eating horrible, terrible space food for months on end. Yeah. It's not going to make anybody feel good. No, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like it's going to feel good, but he's starving. So he just they get around the, their dinner table and have the worst dinner ever. <laughs> and as they're eating and eating, all of a sudden, you know, uh, our dear friend is not feeling so good who just had an alien ripped off his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it made me feel a little sick talking about it right now. Really? I'm okay. You're okay? Would you like me to describe it? <laughs> Please. Okay, so uh, Kane starts uh, choking, seemingly, and then uh, rolls over on his back on the table and is convulsing, and everyone is trying to hold him down. Uh, and oh, they think he's seizing too, they, so yeah, they like so put try, it like put yeah, it, try put to put a spoon, spoon in his, in his mouth. mouth to hold him. 
Um, and then all of a sudden there's this kind of spurt of blood in his chest and then uh, a alien creature bursts out of his chest. The beautiful alien. We get the the, the real introduction. The full on. And we get the, uh, my, our friend Matt Dyden and I always do, Veronica Cartwrights. Oh my God. Like when, <laughs> she apparently, does have a great, oh my God. Because <laughs> apparently, they, I guess Ridley Scott didn't tell them precisely what was going to happen. So they didn't know that there was going to be like blood sprayed on them and this thing and like oh so, they didn't know blood was coming out all of their faces no. and that it was going to cover their whole dinner table no they, I don't think they knew that so I think that see that reaction is quite you it's know, very everyone is real yes because they go for it and it, it, I mean you as uh, you know aliens so in depth in pop popular culture I'm sure you knew about this oh yeah scene. I've seen I mean and they, they I mean they made fun of it in like so many movies and stuff space too and Spaceballs and whatnot too but um, which I have seen yes but it's um, still shocking every time it's, yeah and then it's the thing jarring. Just, well, of, just seeing him go through it as he's eating, though, too, and seeing the yeah. like just the moment before as his as he's going through his upset. I knew something was going to end. Anyway. Well, and yeah. you have to also remember. I mean, so this face face hugger was uh, basically had like a tube down his throat, uh, inseminating him, like making him pregnant with this alien baby in his chest cavity. Right? Like that's. Ba- I'm sorry, your face. No, I love was that. that too I far? Honest, no, it's but it's great. true. I honestly. Did not think about all of the mechanics of how that works. That tube down the throat. What is but it that's for? That's what it is. And so, and then it does its job and it's done. Uh, but I think uh, it's impressive. An impressive way to... Uh, <laughs> to invade a human? <laughs> invade a human. Absolutely. Uh, and poor Kane shot into space and floating in space forever. And that's the end of him. And now they all know that there's this horrible thing loose on the ship that they have to find. But they don't know how, and they don't know where, and they don't know. And what. this thing is also very strong, as they found out. And the defense mechanism is crazy because, I mean, literally, you cut it and it's acid. Right. So you're you could kill the whole ship by just killing this thing, even too. So they have to split up. Always a great idea. Oh yeah, totally split the party. Never a good idea, no. but. Uh, do what you got to do to divide and conquer. So we find uh, we are first this is a late introduction to a character. We have a Jonesy the cat who is about to show up. I'm obsessed with space cat. Are you? Yeah, I love space cat. I think Jonesy. I wrote that in my notes like three different times. Space kitty. See, space yeah. kitty. It's good. So uh, we have a scene where Harry Dean Stanton, uh, who we haven't even mentioned, is in this movie. Is who we love so great, and yes. I love nothing's better than Harry Dean Stanton's. I don't want to be here attitude. And it seems like it's about everything in his life. So it's just he's like transferring that feeling into his roles. And I love the weariness of him is like what I love about him. He does world weary like none other. Yeah. Like he just shambled onto the set, but like couldn't manage the energy to get off the set. So it just stayed. I'll just be right And here. I don't mean that as any sort of criticism. I adore no, him, but that's what I love about him. It's pure love. Yes. It's pure love. And you uh, just you do want to hang with him and just be like, man, tell me about it. Hang with him in a like a very Hellraiser-esque room full of chains. Absolutely. With water inexplicably Dri- just dripping, dripping. And you're not sure why things are dripping and what that water could really be. No. Oh, gross. Uh, because we, he does find the discarded uh, skin of the previous incarnation of the aliens. Yeah, now so I know basically it's molted. We know it's growing. So yeah, it's like a snake where it's leaving like a chrysalis places Ugh, as, it, as it expands and grows. And it is growing uh, fast. Yeah. Because I mean, this thing just got on the, on, the, on the spacecraft and then it just popped out a dude's freaking body. And now it is on the move. Uh, so he gets, uh, he gets chomped. Poor, we've, but we finally see like the, the partial, the alien face with the smaller face coming out of the face. 
And then, you know, that's not a good way to go. And just right in the, the little face out of the, yeah. And the teeth. Shout out to Geiger here for his designs because, wow, they're incredible. It's a scary freaking monster. Yeah. Like, it's legitimately, and we've watched a lot of scary movies with, like, I mean, there's always a big, bad, creepy monster. This is still iconic. Yes. I still think it's hard to top it. I feel like a lot of people clearly reference it when they're making monsters. It is. It's unique and it's mm-hmm. beautiful in a way. Like, it's such so well designed. The artistry. It is It is beautiful. And shiny and creepy and wonderful. And glistening and yes. dripping full of slime. Oh. Uh, so w- we have a scene where uh, <clears throat> Dallas goes down some air ducts and is trying to seal off different hatches and making sure going through systematically to try to flush out this alien. Um, and Lambert has a kind of very, very rudimentary tracking system that doesn't seem to be going well. So the question with this one is, is like, the, does the alien's something does it also fuck up technology is it fucking up her tracking system i wonder about that or if it's able to get under the radar somehow as was was my guess because i feel like they were following they were following dallas just fine as he's going through the, the system and he's got like a flamethrower and stuff yeah. too right because cool because this is the point where you get the flamethrowers i love this about alien movies now too um flamethrower <laughs> in an air duct in an air duct i was like hell to the yes give me that effect um and so he's down there trying to find this thing they're gonna burn try to burn this thing out because they realize they can't cut it they can't shoot it that's not nothing's gonna help you got to burn it which yeah. is basically what happens when you get a space alien you basically yeah. need to burn it yeah fire usually works that's it on most things got to incinerate it or else it's or else it'll keep coming back um and so i think it I, just, I think it's just able to get under the radar. Like, I think because she doesn't see it and all of a sudden she does see it. But, yeah. but she keeps saying it should be somewhere around there. But right. she can't, he can't hear it. He can't see it. I also think because it's so malleable and able to become like where it fill in spaces. Kind of like you were talking about with Juwa in the Gaps. Girl in the Gaps. Girl in the Gaps. But I think that's kind of what these this, this monster is able to do. Because the way it envelops people... Mm-hmm. They really don't notice it. They're yes. just like, oh, this room looks just fine. Why is it dripping? Oh, no. There's a thing. <laughs> uh, so Dallas is is the next one to go, which leaves uh, Ripley in charge of the ship and in charge of Mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she goes into Mother to try to figure out, since Ash is being very unhelpful. and He's is, also being really freaking calm. I think I wrote, I actually wrote, why is Ash so motherfucking calm? That was yeah. in my notes right around here. He, he's, he's so, so chill. Just, he's just like, oh, this is exactly what this creature I wanted to see do. I'm so, I was so livid at him because he's just, it's just, it's not great. No, uh, but he, so he's, well, he says he's still collating information, so we'll not right. give her any. So she goes in and is able to hack into Mother's system mm-hmm. enough to find out what the special order is. And it is uh, special order 937, mm-hmm. Nostromo rerouted to new coordinates to investigate life form, gather specimen. Priority one, ensure return of specimen for analysis. Mm-hmm. All other considerations secondary crew is expendable not good no so So she has figured out the real deal on the real mission of their trip is to actually gather this thing at all costs yeah and that ash had known about it this whole time and is is totally fine with the crew being expendable so she goes in was not happy with him so she got to have a talk with ash For sure. Yes. Because I would too be like, what the hell? You basically sent us on the suicide mission right now and you're supporting it. Yes. Why? Why? We're about to find out why. Uh Uh-huh. So they have a fight scene and uh, he shoves a magazine in her mouth. I was confused with that one. Uh, 
I don't think I think he's actually starting to malfunction a little bit right okay. now anyway because he starts sweating milk yes. during this course of this fight and some other he makes some other weird choices because I think as he gets compromised um as through this fight uh yeah he does pull her hair and does some weird some very weird stuff I think it's also just shocking and funky to see so I like the choreography of this fight too yes because it is really awkward it is like if you are not a, a human maybe who knows what would you do to fight this is where they start giving the clues. And I think that's why he does something weird, like shove a magazine in her mouth. But, but like, if he has the strength of, say, an android, oh, then maybe. perhaps uh, it would be pretty intense to have a magazine shoved in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he comes, we get his head knocked off pretty dang quick. Yep. And were you surprised? Did you know he was going to be an android? I did not know he was going to be an android. And I was surprised. Okay. But as soon as he started sweating milk, I was like, there's something not right with this guy. And then I was like, oh, no. I thought maybe he was like some like, I don't know, what are, like some replicant or something, you know, or some like clone or something too. Okay. But then I was like, oh, he's no, he's legit just a freaking robot. Yes, which none of them had known. No. And it makes sense why they didn't trust him or why they didn't want to be around him either because he's like... He wasn't good with people. Like, as much as we try to get the uncanny valley of, like, you know. <laughs> singularity. Singularity trying to happen. Oh, my God. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, makes me think about you, Julia. Yeah. We're all, we're all these, like, quantum physics situations. We're trying to think about what we can pull together. There's, he's still never going to be human. Right. And so there's still something about him that always would feel off and uncomfortable. So they uh, bring his head back to life to mm-hmm. kind of tell them exactly what the deal is because he obviously had more information than he was giving. Uh, and he said that he, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, thinks that the alien is a perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. I admire its purity, mm-hmm. unclouded by conscious remorse or delusions of morality. So as it's a really strong thing, basically, is what he's letting them know. And it's like almost impossible to defeat. Yes. That you're, there's no way you guys mm-hmm. can basically give up. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting you have this android where, who's seeing with the coldness of a robot, this mm-hmm. other creature and can remove all, uh-huh. all emotions from it. Because you can see from, a, from an android's point of view, humans act fucking bananas, right? Like we, who know you can't, you can't predict anything anybody does. Mm-hmm. It's all over the map. But you have this creature that's like this focused monster that has this one goal and like you're it mm-hmm. and so sorry guys <laughs> constant survival and it needs like flesh to feed off of basically so they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna but they're not giving up they're gonna find out a way to find out to survive and they're gonna blow up the ship and like and take off like yeah there's like a little like life ship. boat basically or life like life ship and so yeah they make that plan to blow up the damn ship but then they split up again and you're like, oh, uh, stop. But they all have things to do, and I get it, and you're in a flurry. And they, you know, as they set this, they have like seven minutes to get off this shit, basically. Before it blows before up. Before it blows up. So they are setting this thing to get out of there, or else the thing will overtake them. I mean, it's 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 coming for them. This alien is fierce and strong, like you said, and badass. And so, that's a bad decision to have to make between being blown up on a ship or being like torn apart by an alien. Neither one of those options sound neither are great. tasty. I mean, if you were trying to make sure you want to ensure that that thing gets blown up, I yes. think that was that would be my number one goal is make sure this thing never makes it to planet Earth, right. or to like near humans again because it will just Take destroy over. everything. That's everything, path. right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's really, I think it's really cool that uh, she goes back for Jonesy. She's like, I wrote. 
leave the damn cat really, really big. I was like, just get off of there. I, I'm glad she did it, but I was also worried because I d- didn't know if the um, alien had gotten to the cat or not yet. Because okay. the cat disappeared for so long. I was like, maybe the cat has the alien, like is al- an alien now. Sure. And has been infiltrated. And like, we're going to have a freaking alien pop out of the cat and I will freak <laughs> out. I was so worried, but I also am glad too, but also it stressed me out. Uh, can I ask a question about, so uh, Lambert, Lambert's death. Uh, there's like an alien probe that starts going between her legs and then they cut away and she's screaming. Did you notice that? I have to check that section out again. Okay. I was a little nervous about that. I was like, I don't, there's like a probe thing. I don't know where that probe's so going. She was, they were about to, oh, I don't know. That's I don't uncomfortable. Know. Okay. I had to bring it up because. Yeah, no, please. But it, it is uncomfortable. Details. Yeah. Um, so then, but so. Once uh, Ripley realizes she's the only one leaving, she's trying to like save the ship. Maybe like we can figure it out, but she can't get it in time to reset it. Uh uh-uh. So like, I mean, once you set off like a ship explosion, it's going to explode. It's yes. very hard to stop it. So especially because so, they have all these fail safes that have been done. And so the fail safes are, I mean, there are, it's, it's jacked. Like keep roading. I think again and again, ship is fucked. F-U-C-T. Like, <laughs> F-U-C-T. I like it. Uh, so she escapes in the shuttle at the last second with Jonesy and the ship explodes in a giant, beautiful, amazing explosion. Mm-hmm. And so she's, oh, everything's good. We got the cat. She's just going to undress. And get in a sleep pod. Get in a sleep pod. Go back to, she's got, you know, however long she's got to mm-hmm. get back to Earth. She's got to get back in stasis or whatever. Uh, but filling in one of those gaps happens to be. An alien. The alien. I don't know how he got on that shuttle, but he, he, it because he can tricky. like transform basically and hide like in plain sight. So he looks like he's part of like the ship's mechanism, the way he's like curled up in this little corner. So she's like, damn it. I still got to fight. Yep. Final girl. It's not over. And what a, what a final girl. So she wow. hides in the, uh, she gets into a space chute. She has a mm-hmm. harpoon and basically flushes it out with steam and harpoons that motherfucker into space. Into space. And he will fly away in space forever. Yeah. Uh, and then that is it. She's, you know, basically doing her lo- her log. This is the final survivor. And mm-hmm. she's got some time to go back to Earth. And then we'll see what happens. And maybe there's some sequels. We can figure out what happens. I don't know, Terry. What do you think? I think there's going to be quite a few sequels is from what I understand. The question is, are you interested in those sequels? Ooh. Does Ripley? Because I think. And no. I think. I think. Whoa. Why? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure... Because she killed the alien. But but you're continuing to follow Ripley, who I is, would follow her do anything. Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because she's one of the best final girls there is. Like, she's really, she. I mean, she, she's badass. Yeah. She's really strong. Even when she's... very she's, smart. Yes. She also, like, holds her own and, and calls people out. Because I feel like sometimes as a final girl, they don't always call out the people who are doing wrong around no, like, them. once he finds but out Ash's confronts- deal, like, well, I'm going to go straight to yeah. you and be like, what is the deal? Yeah. She's uh, incredible. And I think that, it, you know, even when everything's breaking down, she's crying. But she's still doing what she has to do and going through the process. And, like, so, I, I you know, I've seen aliens mm-hmm. and that's it i haven't seen anything past that so okay. i know that there's you know uh, our, our producer is very un- unhappy with me i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm failing you adam hey i'm just glad i finally saw it adam you should we be did happy. it for you just we did for, this you. for just for you <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about some gore factors yes. shall we uh so one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two a puddle of blood three enough blood to ghost out the average viewer four a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag and we give Alien a, a five. five. 
Man. full on. There's a lot of freaking blood just for like when that first alien pops out of out of his freaking chest uh, yeah. <laughs> at the dinner table and just douses the room. I mean, in the face with blood. And and for me, it's the added it's the added knowledge of like what the face figure actually is when you figure out what it is that makes me go. It's gross. Um, and disgusting. then and is- even even as they're going down into the cavity of that, you know, the alien ship and everything too. That all stuff was just gross to me too. Just. So what, what mm-hmm. do you give? Uh, oh, you do our movie ratings. Movie us, ratings, yeah. So we have um, zero to five chainsaws, one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, and five fantastical. Um, I gave it a 4.5. I loved it. Okay. It's not my favorite thing on the planet. And yes, I would watch it again. But um, for whatever reason, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm at 4.5. I think okay. it's brilliant. I think the cinematography is freaking fantastic. I love Ridley Scott. I think it, it's just a really cool thing. I love, love, love Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I got exactly why she was a freaking megastar. And I think it's, what's cool is this movie still freaking holds up 40 yeah. years later. It completely, just looks, like us. Yeah. Still looks great. Good. Still looks great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I give this a five because yeah. I think it for what it is, it's perfect. Like mm-hmm. if you want to make, a, you know, Jaws in Space this is it right you have all but i think you know the the thing that's so great about it is i i like all of these characters very mm-hmm. much and i think they're all distinctive enough like i don't ever get confused who's who everybody has their own thing very going distinct. on and yeah um and i really like all of the casting and i think that if you want to see a alien movie this is the one to do um so next week yeah. We're going to be doing uh, another. So the, the the next round we're doing is all sci-fi horror. So the question is, is it sci-fi? Is it horror? Uh, alien? It's both. Yeah, it's both. It's I mean, it's hands down. It's both because yeah. we're getting, you know, cool space travel like stuff. I love um, all the beautiful shots just of like we're talking about that spaceship just landing. Yeah. And just hearing the feeling the soundscape. <laughs> I mean, I did get to watch it on a really big wall. <laughs> like it was beautiful. Yeah. Projected. Thanks, Adam. Um, and you get you it's an experience the whole thing is really experience um i didn't realize how long it was too for a while and i was like oh man we've been like we're in space yeah we're floating out here it's deep um yeah uh so going to going to space next week yes uh, continuing space continuing in space will be uh fire in the sky a little scene, but very interesting uh, alien abduction, uh, so in, quote unquote, based, based on, on the on true, true story, story of uh, Travis Walton, who yes. got abducted by aliens. So uh, join us for that next week. Also, please, if uh, you like yes. us, we'd love to talk to you on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Get on the internets with us. It's we great. We have a Patreon now uh, that we would love for you to uh, check out because we uh, have cool bonus stuff on there. And we'll be giving, rolling out bonus content for you guys. We're very mm-hmm. excited. Um, just to be able to do more stuff with you guys. We've uh, we've been doing this for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. A hundred episodes is coming, coming up, up really soon. soon. And so um, th- we have great opportunities. We have some special guests coming oh, up. Oh, we do. <gasps> I'm like overjoyed and over the moon. So thank you guys so much again. But check us out. Patreon slash Horror Movie Survival Guide. Um, and check it out for some fun little perks as well. If you do want to um, be a super fan with us, we really appreciate it. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next week for Fire in the Sky. <laughs>